Hello everyone, welcome to Take the Black Live, the sh weekly show where myself, Dan Selke of WinnersComing.net and Mia Johnson of DorksideOfTheForce.com talk about all the most important things going on in the world at the moment. We're talking, you know, Game of Thrones, we're talking Star Wars, we're talking WandaVision, we're talking Spiceless, we're talking Dragons. The things that you need to know or else you wouldn't be able to live your daily lives. Mia, how are you on this fine February Wednesday afternoon? Oh gosh, I ended up getting myself sick. We just had a ton of snow plumbing us over the weekend, the long weekend. So I was like, I have to go get all the snow off of my car. And I seen it's like five inches of snow layered thick. So I was out there for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. That really got to me. So now I'm kind of recovering from that, trying to make myself feel better, boost my immune system and all that. <laughs> we'll take it easy, but I hear you. I shoveled my car out like the night it fell. Which is so stupid because uh -huh. then I woke up the next day and like, <laughs> oh, it's another foot. Why not even bother? And then last night I was like yeah. pounding away at this giant chunk of ice in the road beneath my car. Like, how did you get there? Why are you there? You shouldn't be there. And I was very, very tired and had a bad time <laughs> sleeping. So it's snowing a lot here. It's snowing a lot in Texas. Our best wish to people uh, down mm -hmm. south who are experiencing Chicago-like temperatures for the first time. Um Welcome to our world. It's a cold, cold world, and I hope you learn to get through it like we have. Uh, beyond that, oh, yeah. um, lots of more fun stuff happening beyond frigid temperatures in the world of Game of Thrones fancy sci-fi stuff. Start out really quick. Uh, congrats to Kit Harrington and Rose Leslie, married Game of Thrones actors who just welcomed a baby boy into the world. No name no. Um, given. I'm going to go with Ned... Or Aegon, or um, something along those lines. I saw a lot of that going around. That's nice. They're having a baby. Congrats to them. Yay. They had... Okay, so they did have the baby. It's not like a pregnancy announcement. They actually Oh, no, it's a baby. The... Like, there are some pictures, but it's like those pictures of, like, Kit Harrington walking the street, <laughs> and, like, clearly he did not consent oh. to this picture. People are taking a picture of him, so I don't like to show him. Oh, no. But, yeah, it, it's fine. <laughs> so, congrats. Don't know the name. Yay. It is... But who there really that? was like a nice little um, like fairy tale love story. Like who, you know, meets on yeah. the show we all love so much. You play each other's romantic interests, fall in love, get married and have kids. It's a fun little coincidence. It, it's cute. Yeah. Has anything like that ever happened before to your knowledge? Like actors who play each other's love interests for real, like actually hitting it off and like getting married and going the whole nine yards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of examples. Oh, are there? Um, not any that don't that come to mind, unfortunately. It seems like a common thing. Like you meet on set and then it's like sometimes Ooh. you are the love interest or sometimes it's just a co-star thing. I'm thinking back to like kind of the glam 2000s for some reason, all of that <laughs> stuff like Brad and Angelina. And oh, they had a bunch of kids. Right. They recently are separated, but I pray <laughs> for the best for Kit and for Rose. Yeah. Um, it's really nice. And it's, you know, kind of that after Valentine's Day, so love is in the air and all that stuff. And for little Drogon or whatever their baby ends up being named. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, everybody. Um, hello, uh, Stephanie. I'm glad you got uh, the Fire Cannot Kill a Dragon book. That was one of our Wit Club giveaways. Um, all right. Hey, Christian, who also said Angelina and Brad, of course. Did they play romantic yeah. interest? I forget. <laughs> Um, that was Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, yeah. right. Do they meet on that? We're going off track. <laughs> I do. Hey, everybody. Um, also, uh, qu quite a lot of big House of the Dragon Game of Thrones news this week, actually. So, HBO announced formally a bunch of new additions to House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones prequel series that is a coming down the bend. 
We already know we have Matt Smith as Damon Targaryen. We got Emma D'Arcy as Rhaenyra Targaryen. We got Olivia Cook as Alison Hightower. We got Patty Considine as King Viserys I. I knew all of those at the top of my head. I'm impressed with myself. Wow. <laughs> um, Congrats. This is a big story. It's a big... It, so, I mean, this is the Game of Thrones follow-up. But Game of Thrones was famous for having lots and lots of characters, right? Like, almost too many. Like, there were people who couldn't remember them all. That was one of the hallmarks yeah. of it. But, I mean, that worked for the show. Like, I think Game of Thrones really proved that a, a big cast need not be a deterrent. Like, people can latch onto that and really get into it. And the Dance of the Dragons, this new story they're going to tell about the Targaryen Civil War happened 100 years before. We've talked about it before. Um, is also a big story. Also, there's a lot of people. This is not the end of it, but we have some new characters who have been cast i thought we'd go through a couple all the all four of them Ooh. and just say a little bit about them see see if it sparks Let's our interest see. oh and they nicely provided this wonderful little four-way split screen photo so there's no need <laughs> for me to go into like each of the, each individual picture very good of them first we got uh i don't know how to pronounce their names though so that's gonna be a challenge um, Steve Toussaint, Steve Toussaint, all the way on the left, yeah, a little, a little French, um, yeah. playing Lord Corliss Valerian, aka the Sea Snake. Think of him as like the mm. Tywin Lannister, almost of this story. Very, very, very rich, very, very, very powerful. He's Tyrion and Cersei and Jamie's dad, only nicer. <laughs> um, <laughs> very, very rich, very, very powerful. He's the head of House Valerian. A Valyrian bloodline that is, I think, older than House Targaryen. They're from the same area. They don't ride dragons, but they're really okay. tight with the Targaryens. Um, okay. This is very influential. He is the hand of the king to Rhaenyra Targaryen, I believe. So he's a big deal. He's kind of like, mm, who am I going to compare him to? Um, got a bit of Ned Stark in there. Uh, got a bit of Tywin Lannister in there. It's, you know, a powerful... <laughs> You know, rich guy. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Yeah, yeah, sounds about there right. There we go. Let's move on from that. Next to him is his wife, uh, Eve Best, as Princess Rainey's Valerian, a Targaryen princess who is a dragon rider. And again, this show, like, if they do it right, it's, I, I mean, I hope it will be as complex as Game of Thrones, but its claim to fame is going to be these dragon-on-dragon yeah. -dragon battles. Just because we, Ooh, yeah. we didn't really have those in Game of Thrones, but this series just littered with them. And she has one of the early big ones. She is married to Corlys Valerian, the last guy we looked at. And she is known as the queen who never was. Because in her youth, and I looked this up, this fake history, <laughs> there was an incident where she was the heir to... The guy who was the heir to the king. And I think the Ooh. heir died. Yeah, her, her dad died, who was the heir to the king. But then the king, instead of making her his heir, opted for, I think, his brother or uh, her uncle. So she was seen as being like, should have been king, but passed over. So she... Okay. I know. Listen... I'm sure it I'm sure it'll make more sense when I actually see it. <laughs> that made sense. I'm sure of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Targaryen Dragon Run are pretty cool. Although before we go on, um, let's take a moment to um thank our sponsor for this episode. <clears throat> uh support for Take the Black Lives provided by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Trusted by over two million men worldwide. 
Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your sensitive grooming needs, assuming you have them, because I'm aware not everyone listening to this does. But for those of you interested in joining this very comfortable, easy-breezy-down-there brotherhood, we have an exclusive offer, 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Manscaped was kind of to send us some samples to illustrate. We have the Manscaped Razor, which is what you use to make the magic happen. We have Manscaped Deodorant to make sure everything smells pleasant after the procedure. And finally, we have Manscaped Toner to make sure everything is toned. Get 20% off free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code FANSIDED20. All right, back to this. Um, (laughs) Thank you, Christian. I've been practicing. because we don't do a lot of ads on this show, so it's been exciting to kind of have to, um, I don't know, get get into something new like that. Oh, yeah. Um, in any case. So, yeah. So, we got Corliss Valerian. We got Raina Targaryen, who has a complicated... Just, okay. The, what to know is she's a middle-aged it's, woman. She's a dragon rider. Mm-hmm. She's, a no, she's a noble birth. And when she was young, she should have been the heir to the throne, but she was passed over basically because she was a girl. I see. That makes a lot more sense. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I don't I, know if it's my fog brain because I've been a little sick and <laughs> it's like you're throwing a lot of words at me, Dan. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I, I get that, it now. <laughs> that's more simple. Okay. She's a, she, she's a cool character. All right. Then we have, um, oh no, uh, Reese <laughs> Ifans, who I believe is a Welsh person, so his name is hard <laughs> to say, um, who... If you want to, he was in Notting Hill Elementary. I think he played Luna Loves Good Dad in the Harry Potter movies. Oh. Um, as Otto Hightower, the uh, hand of the king to Viserys Targaryen and the father of Alicent Targaryen, who is the mother of one of the main claimants to throne in this story. So you remember the hand of the king, right? That's what Tyrion was. That's what um, Ned Stark was. The guy who helps out the king. He will help right. out Aegon II. He's kind of rivals with uh, Matt Smith's character. Because basically he thinks that Matt Smith's Targaryen is trying to take the throne. He's not really. I mean, he is maybe a little bit. He's a bit of a paranoid guy. Um, very, again, powerful, wealthy house, all that jazz. And finally, we have uh, Soyona Mizuno. Who I remember from Ex Machina. Yeah. Remember her? Here. She was one yeah. of the um the robots, uh, Crazy Rich Asians, as Myceria, who is a King's Landing sex worker who ends up friends with Matt Smith's character, Damon Targaryen, and kind of becomes his eyes and ears among the peasantry. Remember Varys from Game of Thrones, the person who knew uh-huh. everything, the spider? Yeah. She's she's Varys. She's Varys okay. in the story. She knows all the secrets. She knows all the dirt and everybody. She knows everything before anyone else knows it. And she becomes the unofficial mistress of whisperers to Rhaenyra Targaryen, Queen Rhaenyra Targaryen. Because remember, this story is Rhaenyra Targaryen is the heir to the throne, mm-hmm. but is disputed by her half-brother, Aegon Targaryen, who also has a claim. And then they go like this. Yeah. And all these folk <laughs> take sides, some are with Rhaenyra, some are with Aegon. And it's a big, bloody, tragic battle. Though that was a lot. I mean, Game of Thrones was like that, though, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. uh, it always just 
this person knows that person is related <laughs> somehow to this person and like there are charts i mean that stuff is catnip for nerds like people oh, like, yeah. like me like <laughs> some folk love that they love decoding and drawing the lines between these different people what are you about you like are you someone who like Hello to the Rings is, is kind of like that, too, like, but below the surface level, where you get into, like, and Galadriel knew Elrond from 2,000 years back and lived him by this, <laughs> yeah. this, this, and this. That has a real appeal to folk. Does that appeal to you, that kind of dense interconnectedness? Oh, yeah. I think the best example for me, obviously, is with the Star Wars. And I was telling you about the book series that they have, mm -hmm. where it's like 200 years prior and all this. And it's kind of like the one connecting character is Yoda because he's old enough. So it's kind of like, oh, wow, Yoda knew this Jedi from long ago. And he knew Qui-Gon Jinn and then he knew Rey. And, and um, so I can see, yeah, how the interconnectedness and really getting down and dirty into the lore. I think once there's lore, once the the whole universe is really built up, that's where it gets exciting. And you are right with Game of Thrones. Like if you try to explain just even like Daenerys connection to somebody. Oh, my God. And I probably still would have been cross-eyed. But it makes sense when you see it. It makes sense when you're there and when you know it. it. Does, so yeah. when I know it, I will eventually know it. I mean, it's interesting because like describing this stuff, it does sound kind of cerebral. Like they were beget by this person who was the second cousin of this person who did this. But mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, like when you see it, it makes sense because it's just, it's all about like the, the, the motivations are very human. Like people want power. They want love. They want money. Like yeah. that's all pretty easy to understand. And the people in the story are inspired by a lot of, you know, pretty easily understandable motives. Like, we're not going to get into anything too cerebral here. It's pretty straightforward. But it's, it's complicated kind of in the abstract. Yeah. Which, again, I think is a good... I think it's part of the reason why it was so successful in the first place. Because it, it, it rewarded that close study that nerds like so much. Because yeah. when you get under the surface, <laughs> like, there's stuff there to think about and make Reddit posts about. Like, it's not oh, just kind of yes. understandable on the surface. Which I think is a selling point. But yeah, it's a lot. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing who else they cast. I love that it's moving along. I think they start shooting in April, I believe. Wow. So this is happening. Wow, it's happening. Yay. It's, it's happening. Oh, my God. Um, and yeah, I will say um, this, is a, this is a sad story. Like, I think they've announced eight cast members. Like, two of them survive the story. But... Um, <laughs> That's, that's, I, I won't tell you which ones, but okay. that's the kind of story this is. So, uh, yeah. we'll see how it goes when it gets there. In, I guess, also another sad story, but good news. Um, we've talked before about how HBO is making a series based on The Last of Us, a very mm -hmm. popular video game from Naughty Dog and Sony. Have you played it, by the way? I have, and I, 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 I liked it quite a bit. I haven't played it, but I have watched. I've watched through um, both of the right. first and the second. Cool. Yeah. Very good game. Kind of, um, you know, zombie apocalypse, which is a cliche <laughs> at this point. But I mean, it's a cliche because yeah. it works, apparently. Two people, Ellie and Joel, going across the zombie ravaged American wasteland to try and find a cure. Or I think she is the cure that they get to a science place. Mm -hmm. And uh, they cast the two leads. And they're both Game of Thrones veterans. So, as Joel, we have Pedro Pascal, who frankly, by this point, has moved way beyond Game of Thrones veteran, and has yeah. kind of become maybe, like, the most successful person to come out of that show. Like, he was in The Mandalorian, Ooh. he's in Wonder Woman, um, he was in that 
spy kids, but it wasn't spy kids. Netflix movie. Yeah. I forgot what it was called. We can be here. Um, he'll be playing yeah. Joel. No helmet. Helmet off. <laughs> yeah. So Joel's Face like, the, you know, the, yeah, face reveal. Maybe, maybe they'll do a joke. <laughs> like the grizzled survivor who um, is paired with the younger Ellie, who I think her whole thing is in the plot. Like she's immune to the zombie virus that's killing everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's why she's important. And she'll be played by Bella Ramsey, who played Liana Mormont on Game of Thrones. The do you remember her? The um, fierce young northern leader. I was surprised to see that they had cast her. You know, being a um, Game of Thrones alum, and I was like, oh wow, that I don't know. If, I'm like, was this planned? Did you guys really want to do that? You know, bring two <laughs> of these people back? But I mean, I think it works because she was pretty fierce in the show, and that's she all. Was. That's I all mean, that Ellie is. She she definitely gives Ellie vibes. Like it's it, it's not a bad casting choice at all. I mean, I'll be honest. I feel like Pedro Pascal is almost too easy an option. Like, <laughs> you, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's so out there right now, and he's so huge, and he's so blowing up. I felt like we need a guy who can like grow a five o'clock shadow. Call Pedro. Like without thinking <laughs> of anything else, he'll be good. I mean, he's a good actor. Yeah. I don't know when he'll find the time. Oh, that yeah, that for sure. Because we've got Game of Thrones, not Game of Thrones. If only um, was that Mandalorian season three is supposed to be shooting in a yeah. couple months or something like that. Um, I don't know what other projects he has to do, but I guarantee I mean, you he has some though, right? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> like a guy like, of his profile. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird though because I think of Joel as like kind of this grizzled older man and not super mm-hmm. old, but. Not that I can't see Pedro Pascal doing it because you're right. He can probably just do it as well as any other role. Um, but yeah, I was like, ah, that that was to me very unexpected, but also very 2020, 2021 sort of casting announcements. I'm like, I cannot be mad. Yeah. I mean, it does feel a little bit trendy almost to cast Pedro Pascal mm-hmm. to a leading man. But again, he's a, he's a very good actor. And I mean, I'm sure he can pull off grizzled. I don't see why not. Um, so, yeah, very yeah. cool. They have to go to Thrones veterans. You know, FYI, when they were making this into a movie like seven years ago, because this has gone through some permutations, they were going to cast Maisie Williams as Ellie, who played Arya, mm. which I think would have been great. But, you know, yeah, then I could see that development hell happened and she ended up aging into her 20s and now she's too old yeah. to play her. <laughs> So they got Bella Ramsey, which is also a fine choice. And, you know, oh, yeah. they're both on the HBO, like, Rolodex, I guess, from Game of Thrones. So, like, maybe it was an easy call to make. But, yeah, <laughs> and people I'm are always, they've been saying Pedro Pascal has really been playing these father figures lately, obviously, with the Mandalorian oh, yeah. and Baby Yoda, Grogu. And um, even, like, in Wonder Woman, he had his son. And that that was really, like, a central part of his right. character was protecting his son. Um, I guess in We Can Be Heroes, he... He did that too, where he was a parent. That's what um, yeah, <laughs> I guess that there might be one more, but it was like, yeah, he's really he's typecasting himself now. But it's right, not sure, a terrible Pedro. typecast. I, I like it. You know, dads are dads are cool. Dads are dads are in. <laughs> I remember when we were talking about the Tales of Dunkin' Egg spinoff series they're making for Game of Thrones, and Corey pointed out that the whole premise, which is like this big burly hedge knight, travels all around with this like much smarter young boy prince. He, he compared it to the Mandalorian. Uh-huh. And um, I, just, I started thinking like, you know, like hero and sidekick is really a really, really old story formulation that I don't yeah, think anyone can lay like, claim yeah. to. 
Yeah. <laughs> From like, I don't know, like Don Quixote and Sancho or something. Like this has been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. And um, but I mean, again, it's one of those things that works. And uh, if you can compare, if you can combine older grizzled person with young peppy sidekick formulation with zombie apocalypse cliche, Ooh. you have gold. Ooh. Exactly. Will so. you watch this program? Are you excited to see a Last of Us adaptation? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I love, love, love Last of Us. Um, yeah, so I'll be, yeah, I'll be excited to see how they kind of play it out because I've never seen a video game be serialized into a television show like this before. Yeah, it might be the first time. I can't think of another. I mean, I guess there were like the Mario Super Show or whatever, but certainly not like <laughs> Oof, a prestige yeah. TV show yeah. from, from a video game before. That will be new. And um, I, I said before on, on this show, just video games are so popular and important now. They're they're probably going to supplant like books as like the main source material for movies and TV shows within our mm-hmm. lifetimes is what I will yeah. bet. Probably probably sooner than we think. You you could seem to like it as Stephanie says she was she was one of my favorite characters. She was incredible. She was, and I'm glad she's getting more um a chance to show off her talents on a big scale program. All right. Um, anything else was out either of these Game of Thrones stories before we wade into a <laughs> hot potato field? Oh, gosh. No, I think that's all I had to say. I'm excited to see that come through yeah, at some point. <laughs> all right. Also in the news, I mean, quite a, quite a lot of stuff happening this week, frankly. Um, the Justice League thing is coming out. They mm-hmm. might make a second season of Lovecraft Country. I'm looking forward to that. Also, there was big news when uh, The Mandalorian and Disney announced on social media that it was firing Gina Carano, the mm-hmm. actress who played Cara Dune in The Mandalorian, following a, I mean, like, stretching back a few months, like a string of pretty inflammatory yeah. tweets. If you want, we can get into exactly what she said, but we'll just end with some inflammatory. And Disney's yeah. statement was that, <laughs> Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm, and there are no plans for her to be in the future. Nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. Apparently, according to sources, they were like looking for a reason to fire her for a while, because she's been doing this for a while, like I said. Yeah. And they finally did. Mia, what do you make of this? Yeah, it's a tricky situation to me, because it almost verges on the... J.K. Rowling stuff. And there's a theme, too, of kind of And the Joss Whedon stuff. And, like, there's a lot of this going around. In a way. Because I've I've been very conflicted recently about, Mm -hmm. you know, at what what line do we take cancel culture? I think for sure sure the Joss Whedon stuff, he was a harasser. He, you know, has all these awful claims about how he's treated people throughout his career. But there's something in me when people just... It's like when people tweet, (laughs) the best way to say it is dumb stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. On social media, it's like, you know, (laughs) my first question is why? And then my second question is, I don't know, it's it's been a battle with me. I'm like, okay, this person, you know, may not be the most, the worst person in the world. But kind of like with the JK Rowling thing, it's like, okay, when you begin to tweet this stuff, it's like, if you can only be, you know, acknowledge the other side and how the other side is feeling about your remarks and your comments, Um, And I think that's kind of where Gina messed up was that with each of her kind of mishaps, it was like not acknowledging the other side, not realizing how you were, you know, (laughs) in the wrong, so to speak. So 
it you know it pains me i did i was actually a fan of her character i was kind of like oh you know sure, we've had a cool. Her. there's plenty of like female characters in star wars but i just happen to like hers and then to see that this has kind of been her behavior <laughs> it's just been like you know one big smack on the forehead pretty much i mean again i and like I, I'm always nervous talking about this kind of stuff because you never mm-hmm. know you say the wrong thing. But like uh, about the line. So there have been some people who are comparing to like Letitia Wright, for example. Like she tweeted um, a oh, that's basically right. yeah. a don't take a vaccine. They're dangerous um, narrative. And she left Twitter and apparently she's still employed. But Gina Carano tweeted, you know, kind of. Uh, well, man, she she she. <laughs> She had a hit parade. She had yeah. a master stupid tweet. She had a uh, trans people are silly um, incident. She had a basically stop the steal incident. Yeah. And this most recent one was basically uh, <laughs> saying, um, comparing the plight of conservatives who are criticized for their beliefs to the plight of Jews during the Holocaust under Hitler, which is yeah. a bit out there. So maybe I'm answering my own question here. The difference is that, I guess, if you tweet something stupid once and then stop, it's easier to excuse, yeah. maybe, than if you just keep coming back. And I mean, obviously, exactly. Disney, a family, a notoriously family-friendly company doesn't want to be associated or, like, take heat from people mm-hmm. who are going to give them heat for something one of their employees is doing. Yeah, it to me, again, like it's where, where I struggle is kind of like, I don't mind if people have different views and opinions of me. I think comparing, you know, something to Nazi Germany is just completely off the table in any, oh, the second any you sort do of that, circumstance as well. Uh, you you, you <laughs> yeah, kind of like almost lost you, the argument. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, you can be conservative or you can be, you know, however you feel politically. Um, but... When it gets to things like that or when it comes to kind of like the the trans um, phobic thing making, you know, basically it was kind of like making fun of pronouns and not acknowledging, yeah. you know, this is how other people feel. This is like even if you just fundamentally are like, no, with the J.K. Rowling stuff, it's like, OK, please just leave it alone. <laughs> Let you be you and don't push the subject any further. We know how you feel. And at this point, it's kind of beyond justification. Um so that's kind of how I really, you know, in a way kind of <laughs> wish it had gone. I'm still, I don't know, I'm still kind of on the fence about the firing thing because I'm like, I feel there are so many worse people out there who sure. deserve flag, yeah. who deserve criticism, who deserve to be, you know, locked away or something. I don't think she's necessarily someone who deserves to be, <laughs> you know, locked away and, and sent away for good. But I do I mean, think it was just, I was just going to say, you know, just it was a series of kind of... <laughs> mishappen and stupid <laughs> you know mistakes pretty much I don't, I don't even know if you should call it a mistake but it was just kind of like not the way you should be acting and conducting yourself on social media I, and that's, like like when you are a representative of a company and a front-facing i mean famous person i i I, mm-hmm. I i do think there's some truth to the idea that when you have some level of fame you have some level of power which means you have some level of influence which does mean you mm-hmm. have some level of responsibility like th- there is is that entirely fair i guess the argument would be that if you have you know fame money power influence you do have things other people don't and one of the consequences is if you also have responsibility and it's just your lot um and i don't think it's horribly unfair to hold someone like that 
to a standard that you might not hold a completely anonymous person who doesn't have anything to lose. Like, yeah. that is, you know, the way our system operates. I think it's more or less fair. Um, she bounced back. She has a new movie with Ben Shapiro coming yeah. out, which <laughs> sounds on brand. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was like, yeah, that that, that sounds about right. Um, even, But <laughs> the funny thing was, like, I had read um, in one of the articles, even Ben Shapiro was like, and because he's Jewish, she was like, even I didn't agree with, like, the meme that she posted. And I was like, <laughs> I was yeah, like I mean, you know, that's, you know. <laughs> I mean, his whole thing is like, I don't agree with you, but it's fine to say whatever. But I mean, th- 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 there's yeah. this line, and we'll stop that because I think we're getting really off topic, frankly. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> where, yeah, you, like, th- th- there's a line between, like, you can say whatever you want, it's fine, but there are certain things that, if said, I mean, we've seen this very clearly in recent history, um, recent American history, right? That are so inflammatory that they can lead to putting people's lives in danger. And I mean, yeah. there is a line. I mean, the classic thing is, yeah, you have free speech, but you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. It's like the classic, exactly. the classic yeah. Supreme Court one. Like, it doesn't mean like freedom to just say whatever, whenever, for any reason, at any time, any place. Like, there are still reasonable common sense limits. And, okay, I should stop because I'll start talking about <laughs> politics and just like yeah, the yeah. bounds of where corporate interests align with public interests. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, I was going to bring up, you know, kind of the whole the whole big thing now is like, is her character going to be recast? Should she be recast? Um, right. There's been this thing um, the Hollywood Reporter put something out where it seems like they gave like two conflicting things where they were like one. The insiders say um, they expect her to re- be recast. They say for both story and merchandising reasons. But then they were also like a source from Lucasfilm says recasting is not expected. Um, so I don't know. It's like, do we trust the insiders or do we trust the Lucasfilm? I mean, but they could write her out really easy, couldn't they? I mean, it's yeah, I think just like- I think at this rate, it's just like just write the character out. Um, you know, like you said, they were gonna supposedly gonna have her in a new TV show. Of I think course they, they were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that just sounds like, you know, Star Wars. But I think they can pivot enough to kind of make things work where you don't have her character work. And, you know, some people argue like her character wasn't super important to the plot anyway. So there's she not a lot really. that you have to clean up in the first place. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not 100 percent like in favor of recasting. I think they can just kind of in the story where it's at. And it would yeah, be fine. I think it's fine been a big year for uh, cancellations. We'll see what happens next. As Stephanie asks, have we seen Mrs. Wilson with Ian Glenn? I have heard of it, Stephanie. I have not seen it. Um, I do like, I believe it's like one of those kind of glossy period pieces. I do like that kind of uh, show. So I might show it, uh, pick it up at some point. What we have been watching, though, I'm sure we've been watching, is um, <laughs> WandaVision on yeah, Disney+, Plus, oh which goodness. is barreling towards the end here and still pretty interesting. Um, yeah. I think the last episode... I forget what it was called, another uh, TV pun, I'm sure. But it was mm-hmm. solid. I mean, we have... Oh, it was fully Malcolm in the Middle, by the way, which I yeah. didn't realize, <laughs> but my partner did. Really? Like, oh, yeah, I don't, like, know, I don't know how I... I realized it with the opening, and I didn't watch that much Malcolm in the Middle, but for I some reason, mind. it just clicked to me. I was like, oh, it's Malcolm in the Middle. And then I kind of realized, I was like, oh, we're kind of skipping over the 90s to get to the 2000s, which... I suppose the last episode was kind of like a late 80s, early 90s hybrid. So that's how they kind of patched that one up. But I really I think I love this one just for the pure nostalgia because it's like, okay, this is the kind of show that I grew up watching. You know, the silly <laughs> right. like talking to the camera and I don't know, just all around. It felt like one of those old the cutaways channel were fun. or ABC. I liked yeah. uh, 
adding like that kind of more modern sitcom flourish into it uh-huh. it made it a little more yeah, funny even, even the dumb like background music i was like oh this is this is just all so spot on yeah and i mean it's getting juicy now we have pietro uh quicksilver somehow being summoned out of time and space or existence yeah. to just be a supporting character in wanda's journey towards self-actualization like is he mm-hmm. a real person is he a construct? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's tripping me up because he knows about everything and he knows more than Vision. Like Vision just kind of figured out, hey, something is wrong. But Quicksilver actually knows like Wanda is creating this universe. She's manipulating. He's like, where did you find all the children? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, Which are the children? I, what? <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's really it's like the more I watch in a way, the less it makes sense. But in a good way, because every time I have a theory, I'm like, oh, that might not be it anymore. This could be something completely different. Um, Remember my theory about um, everyone there being willing participants who just want to escape reality? That was wrong. Damn, I was real wrong. Um, (laughs) But it's (laughs) fun to be wrong with this, too. I like to have my expectations subverted. And um, I mean, I feel like a lot of things are basically cleared up. Like, we know it's her doing it. We know it's her powers. We don't. I don't know where Quicksilver came from. I don't know where the kids came from. But like, she took this town hostage I mean, I assume we'll get answers to the other questions pretty soon. My interest right now is like, how are we supposed to be feeling about Wanda herself? Because here is someone who, I mean, is torturing people. She is like torturing thousands of people, like every day, every minute. Um, But it's still kind of focused on her journey. You had like Monica saying like, I can reach her. I can reach her and I can help her. Like, honestly... Do you want to reach her at this point? Like <laughs> she's know. committing a bunch of war crimes. Yeah. Like, do you feel sympathy for Wanda, who is the main character, or is she like of the the, the villain we're supposed to root against? Um. Yeah, they really are making that complicated for you. And at first, yeah, I was kind of. I think I still am in a way rooting for her. But to me, the really serious or kind of bold thing to do, in my opinion, is for Marvel when they actually when this actually comes to a close is to see how they hold her accountable for her actions and don't just say oh you know it goes away with a poof um and i will say i've been looking into the whole you've seen like the mephisto stuff and they're like is this the real villain and i just watched a video it's like a one minute marvel video about him um and basically they explained how he works i know who he was um was that he's kind of like one of those people where you make a deal with the devil so if you want something, he can make a bargain with you and, you know, exchange for Lord knows what. Um, and part of the bargain is that he will make you forget um, what, you know, that you ever made a deal with him in the first place. So I've been kind of curious to figure out, I'm like, well, are they going to do this and just kind of blame it on him? Say she was desperate. She made not. a deal. Um, and then they were like, only someone like Doctor Strange can defeat him. And I was like, oh, yeah, we've heard the whole Doctor Strange rumors fun. about yeah. that being connected to. Um, but yeah, to me, it takes away kind of the the seriousness mm-hmm. of holding her accountable and just saying, yeah, right, we'll just blame it on him. So while it sounds interesting, I'm like, ooh, is that what I really want to happen? <laughs> I'm a little afraid of the ending because like this is by far, I think I, mean, I could say it like the boldest they've gotten with anything they've done at Marvel. Yeah. Like they've both in terms of form. I mean, you know, puzzle box sitcom time jumping thing. We should drop it in the <laughs> deep end. Don't know what, like that's yeah. definitely very bold. And, and character wise, like if they're making the hero, the villain, that's bold. That is 
pretty daring for Disney. But I'm a little afraid at the end they might pull back because, you know, we got to have a happy ending for Disney at the end of the day. (laughs) And um, just kind of pull their punches. And I just hope they don't. I hope it is her fault. And I hope there's a real reckoning. Yeah. I mean, whether that means she dies or 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 something else, I, I'm not sure. Um, I hope Mephisto isn't involved, whatever that is. As Christian asks, I, I forgot this. Who is the scientist they're going to meet? Is that the ones on the outside? Do you remember the uh, scientist? I'm, I, I remember the mention of the scientist, but I don't remember in what context. Who? Yeah, I'm not. I'm kind of drawn a blank right now. And I have all right, fair brain enough. Brain fog. Also, just sick. fun. I mean, the way she like expanded the bubble and like made all the the that was yeah military applications into like hot weather balloons in a circus. That was fun. Yeah, it's just a creative, <laughs> I, interesting show. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens now that Cat Dennings is sucked in. Um, yeah, why don't you go now? And her character, I guess, Christian, they're sucked in, or at least some of them are. So, um, whoever he is, going to be harder for them to meet them. Scientist, oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure it'll be connected to something else that will come yeah. up in another moment we'll on the line. Yeah. This one was really else? great, though. Oh, I was really... Oh, totally. oh um, Yeah. My, <laughs> well, I get a um, um, a nice screener link for a, a, a new movie called Flora and Ulysses on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Let me just break that down. It en- it enticed me because they in the trailer, they started out... It's about like a squirrel who has superpowers and, and Flora is kind great. of like this girl who discovers him and she's like, Oh my gosh, we have to, you know, I have to protect him. And they made it, they opened up the movie and the trailer saying like, you know, you have all these great Marvel superheroes and they're showing black Panther and captain uh, Marvel. It's like, Oh, this looks really cool. Um, and she's like, but superheroes don't exist in real life until she meets the squirrel that gets superpowers in some odd way. Um, it really, it, it almost has like that Stuart Little sort of vibe to it where you've got girl and CGI or, you know, kid and CGI animal <laughs> friend, <laughs> Sure. but, um, it was slightly underwhelming to me because I'm like, okay, you're telling me there's going to be a squirrel who has superpowers. So I want to see this squirrel fight some crime and has some superpowers. So I sat through 90 minutes of that movie where the biggest thing <laughs> the squirrel can do is kind of do like a power jump and glide like a flying squirrel. Um, and it demonstrates super strength like once or twice. Um, so it, it has a... Go ahead, please. I would like to field a question. <laughs> oh, no. I was just saying, um, interesting sounding. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting thing. It has an interesting cast. Like um, the person who... Pl- the woman who plays, I think, Allison from How I Met Your Mother and um, Ben Schwartz and Danny Pudi from um, okay. Community. Community. So they're awesome. They're really, really awesome in their role and Bobby Moynihan <laughs> too. Um but it falls kind of flat for me. So I just thought I would share that. I Since I watched it and I, I put my uh, screener to good use. <laughs> All right. Um, down with, what was it called again? Flora and Ulysses. Ulysses. Down with Ulysses. I just finished up The Lady in the Dale on HBO Max. It was a, a four-part documentary series. Really, really interesting. But I had hmm. never heard this story about a trans woman megalomaniac um or maybe egomaniac who in the 70s um created a three-wheeled car that she thought would like blow up and become like you know just like the biggest thing in the industry all while living with like you know as a trans woman she also had like five kids with um her wife who uh, she married back when she was living as a man and stayed with her 
and she had like a, a criminal past. She like moved from place to place. She moved her entire family like, just across the country constantly whenever there was like, you know, we got to get out of town because something <laughs> went south. Um, was accused of defrauding all her investors and um, skipped Holy bail God. and like lived a new <laughs> life in another place and going in person anyway. It's a really intense story that like by itself without kind of the more social aspect to it was just like damn that happened like that was a nuts <laughs> story but also it, it kind of examines like the intersection of you know was she being pilloried by the press and the courts because of her mm. you know her let's be honest questionable business dealings but it kind of intersected with they kind of went after her for being a trans woman at the time where that just was not understood at all in the wider right. context. Um, a complicated person that was just worth a documentary because she was very interesting and larger than life. And uh, like one of those folks who like, I don't really want to know you, but I'm glad I know about you. <laughs> like kind of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was How long was the series? Four episodes. It's not that bad. Okay. Like, like 50 minutes a piece. It was okay. it was solid. It, it was entertaining, um, yeah. and yeah, just I, I'm surprised I'd never ever heard the story because it was like a pretty big deal. She like made this thing, and she was like getting investments from all over the world, and wow. it was like big in the press. Yeah, solid stuff. The Lady in the Dale, good. HBO Max. I'm usually not a um, docu series fan. I think Tiger King got me, but there's a new one I just saw a trailer for on IGN um, where it's like a five part docu series about Nintendo, and it's like, oh, you know, they're great, and they have. You know, all these great Mario video games. It's, they actually have a Nintendo announcement right now. I got to check on in a minute. They do. But, um, we're we're but then almost like, done. We can get to it in a second. <laughs> but then they're like, there's also a dark side to Nintendo where they were like holding Monopoly <laughs> on the video game industry. And I was like, ooh, tell me more. Um, oh, so yeah. I think that's coming on. That's coming on Crackle of all places. So I'm interested to see that. <laughs> it's the weirdest stuff. Yeah. Uh, before we go, Christian uh, suggests for the scientists they're going to meet me, Reed Richards, Hank Pym. Who's Rice Banner? Or Victor Von Doom. Yeah, I can see him because we know they're making a Fantastic Four thing. Um, yeah. I'm sure it will be someone who's going to connect to the wider MCU that they're building out because that is their like mission statement. They want to build this more and more and more. Kevin Feige is a mad genius who always wants to be yeah. growing this thing. So I'm sure it's like, I'm sure it'll be a name. Um, it'd be cool if it was somebody brand new, but known in Marvel Kennedy hadn't introduced yet. Yeah. Ooh, that's about all I have for today, Mia. Right, How about you? Yeah, Got anything my, else to mull over? That's it. My uh, my writers over here are barking to talk about Nintendo, so I have to go. All right, attend. all right. We'll get back to it. <laughs> Thanks for watching, guys. This is fun. And remember, if you're interested in joining the Manscaped Brotherhood, you can uh, get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week at 4 o'clock Central Standard Time at uh, the Winners Coming Facebook page and YouTube channel. Adios and have a pleasant day. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. 